she right. Kiss the legal lens with Angela Red Ock right. KBLA talk, 1580. Every Saturday, 11 a.m., baby. Bringing light to law. Hit it, educate, engage, and empower you all. Leading attorneys, policy makers. No fake in history in the making. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, 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 go. Happy Saturday, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the third weekend of April 2022. And what an amazing spring day today. I hope all of you are already out and about and enjoying this springtime weather. You are listening to The Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock Wright, where we bring law to light each Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are broadcasting live from Lamert Park, USA, which is part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. You know, for those of you who listen regularly, you know that I'm regularly encouraging you all to come to the Crenshaw District and the Lamert Park area if you've never been here before. Um, This weekend is an intersection of faith where several religions are celebrating major religious holidays, um, Easter and Resurrection Sunday, uh, Sunday and week for Protestant Christians, Passover for Jews and Ramadan for Muslims. So I just want to do a general shout out and just send, you know, lots of love and peace to everyone. And as you are celebrating your religious holidays this weekend, and I'm hopeful that this time for all of us will be a time to encourage us all to seek and to bring peace in our lives and the lives of those around us. You can follow us throughout the week. We have a very active um, social media um, campaign, and you can follow us at I am Angela Redock Wright on Facebook and on Instagram to learn the latest about our show and the other work we're doing in the legal community. And that's also a space where you can reach out to us, let us know that you're listening to, sh- to the show, give us your thoughts and comments on the various shows, and um, give us your thoughts about other shows that you would like to see in the future. The mission and goal of the Legal Lens Show is to help educate, enlighten, and empower our community around the legal issues that impact you and the legal issues that and policy issues that are most important to you. So we don't just want to be talking heads on the show. We don't want to just kind of come up with shows that we think are good ideas, although we feel pretty proud of the shows we're producing. But we really want to bring you shows that address the issues that are most important to you. And so in that vein today, I am so excited about this show. 
show because I do think it's probably a show that's important to all of us. We know here in the U.S. this weekend, this is our last weekend before filing our taxes, which are our tax returns, which are due on this Monday, April the 18th. Um, And so we are having a show today where we're talking about the latest in tax laws and how that impacts you. And we're also observing in the news and filling it in our pocketbooks and our wallets, the financial crunch of the times. Um, We know that inflation is high, interest rates are going back up, it's challenging to find housing. And when you do bid on that mortgage or bid on that house, folks are being outbid. We know the impact of the war in Ukraine and all of the things that are happening around the world how that impacts us here at home. And so we have two attorneys today that are going to help us to dissect and do what we call bring light to some of the issues. First attorney is LaVon Lawson, who is the founder of Lawson Tax Office. And say hello. Good morning, LaVon. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. You're looking bright and cheery and ready for a great discussion. And we also have Shiva Boxar. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Close, Baskar. Baskar, <laughs> Shiva Baskar, B-H, B as in boy, H-A-S-K-A-R. And he is the founder of Tier 1 Credit. And Levon actually introduced me to um, Shiva and um, thought it would be a good idea for them to tag team today. So thank you, Levon, for that introduction. And Shiva, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Good, good. So I hope for those of you who are listening that you agree that um, the the topic today and the guests that we have today are going to be really great for those who are doing some last minute tax filings or even if you've already filed. I know some of the information LaVon's going to share is relevant even beyond our tax filings and will definitely help us to get ready for filing season and to think about how we plan for our taxes um, this year prepared preparing for 2022 and 2023 filings. And Shiva's going to give us a lot of information about credit repair and your rights as a consumer and how to kind of um, clean up things in a way that helps empower you financially. So I'm excited about what the two of them are going to bring. And in our next segment, I am going to introduce them more formally and we'll get started in that discussion. But before we go, you know, we always like to share great facts and information with you. So this week in history, President Johnson signed Um, The 1968 Housing Act, which outlawed discrimination in the sale, rental or leasing of housing. So we're talking about housing um, in some respects today in terms of preparing yourself from a tax perspective, a credit perspective, a financial perspective to, you know, get a house or to maybe refinance the house that you're currently in. And um, those of you who are Games of Thrones fans, I am. I like binge watched that show about a year or two ago. Um, This week was the premiere of Game of Thrones. And then in terms of birthdays, um, some of our um, top black history figure, black history figures, um, Bessie Smith celebrated or was her birthday, April 15th, 1894. Akon, pop singer and artist and rapper, April 16th, 1973. Kareem Abdul 
Abdul Jabbar, and we all saw him celebrated in the news this week. He was born April 16th, 1947. Martin Lawrence. Oh, we so miss Martin Lawrence, and we still watch the reruns of that show, one of the best shows ever. He was born April 16th, 1965, and rapper Redman, April 17th, 1970. So happy birthday to all of those great figures in current and in past history. So you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580, Legal Lens with Angela Redock-Wright. And um, we are talking taxes and finance and credit issues, consumer rights issues with attorneys LaVon Lawson and Shiva Bakshar. Close. Baskar. <laughs> Baskar. I'm gonna I'm gonna spell that out. Uh, Shiva Baskar. So stay tuned. Give us a call. This is the perfect show to give a call with your questions and your comments at one eight hundred nine two zero one five eight zero. Legal Lens with Angela. Stay tuned. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Bright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. You are listening to KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And this week we are playing inspirational gospel music. And that was Oh Happy Day by Edwin, the Edwin Hawkins Singers. Many of you may know about their family. The Hawkins Singer gave us so many great songs and music um, over the years. And um, we're doing gospel music because this weekend is an intersection of so many religious holidays um, for Protestant Christian of course, is Eastern Resurrection for Jews, Passover for Muslims, um, Ramadan, and there may be other celebrations that I don't even know about, but we want to keep you inspired um, in the right mindset for celebrating this weekend. Um, Today, we are talking taxes, credit, consumer rights with two amazing attorneys. One is LaVon Lawson, and the other is Shiva Baskar. And let me just introduce them to you uh, for a few seconds. And then we'll jump right into the discussion. LaVon Lawson is a graduate of Stanford University, and she received her law degree and a master's of business administration from Duke University. Well credentialed, LaVon. Uh, She provides counsel and representation in domestic and international tax compliance matters. She is a former senior attorney with the Office of Chief Chief Counsel for the Internal Revenue the Internal Revenue Service, also known as the IRS, where she advised revenue agents and revenue officers and represented the IRS in the United States Tax Court. Uh, She is... um, well-regarded and a recipient of numerous awards, members of uh, different bar associations and organizations. And I'm just excited to have her because she can give us a perspective of having been on the inside of the IRS and now representing clients before the IRS (laughs) and in other tax matters. So welcome, LaVon. Oh, my goodness, Angela. Thank you for that very kind introduction. And thank you. And thank you for the introduction to Shiva. Also, Shiva Baskar, our other guest who is Uh, a founder of Tier 1 Credit. Um, Shiva is a consumer rights attorney focused on credit reporting, credit repair, and debt collection issues. He is the founder of Tier 1 Credit and an an attorney-led credit repair and restoration firm. He's also the principal attorney with Gopal Law Group, a consumer rights law firm. He, in his practice, has represented clients against major credit reporting agencies such as Experian and Equifax and lenders like Wells Fargo. He, like myself, is a graduate of UCLA School of Law, Go Bruins, 
Hopkins. Yes. <laughs> an undergrad UCLA as well. And he's a native of Los Angeles and is really passionate about the work he's, he does. And of course, is the recipient of so many awards and honors and also a member of different organizations. So thank you to you both. Let's get started with LaVon. Um, LaVon, how did you get into tax work? Did you plan this when you were in law school and business school? Oh, my goodness. That's that's a that's a great question. And frankly, I just fell into it. Um, you know, it's funny, I had applied to various federal agencies, and I got picked up by IRS counsel. And I found the work to be incredibly interesting. So, um, you know, it was just I hadn't planned for it. But that was oh, so many years ago. And I worked for the service for IRS counsel for many years, then went out, worked for a firm, and then I uh, have my own practice now working with individuals and businesses and helping to demystify the process and uh, help people just kind of get things in order. Well, that is very much needed. So thank you for the work you do. And then what about you, Shiva? How did you get started in consumer rights law and helping folks kind of fight against some of the, the big guys, so to speak? Sure. So I suppose in a sense, I was my own first client because I came out of law school and 2010 when the economy was very bad and, um, you know, had issues with student loans and everything else and paid them late and my own credit was damaged. And then after I went into the, you know, into the professional world and the legal world working in, in other areas of law, I always had a passion for this and wanted to come back to it. So my business partner, Tony, and myself started exploring how we could better empower consumers and help people deal with credit and debt and student loan issues. And um, so that's how I, it was a problem I dealt with and then later came back into it. And this is what we've been doing for a while now. Well, excellent. And thank you for all you're doing every day to help everyday folks who are just working and trying to make a living for their families. So LaVon, let's start with you. Um, This is the last weekend prior to that <laughs> yes. that day, some for some that dreaded day mm-hmm. of tax filing, some <laughs> yes. are super excited because of the refunds they're refunds they're receiving. Right. But um, and there's been so many changes, and I'm not sure that even you know that we all can keep up with the different changes in the law and how they impact us. So, what would you describe as some of the high level um, changes in tax law that impact everyday Americans? Um, well, high level changes, you know, they're very credits that are helpful to people, whether they be child tax credits or uh, whether they be child tax credits or, um, you know, recently there's also these uh, there's uh, credits surrounding um, people who were impacted by the coronavirus. So uh, to the extent, for instance, employers uh, for periods uh, in including in 2021, which would impact uh, 2021 reporting, they um, can get a credit where for workers uh, where they had to pay for qualified wages for leave and for uh, family leave and, and sick leave, and also for those who are self-employed. Um, there's also uh, uh, the same sort of credits that may be available for certain people who are self-employed and would have weren't able to work uh, or do telework because of coronavirus-related uh, matters. So people should look into that. Um, talk to your your current uh, CPA accountant or bookkeeper and see if there's any credits that are available to you. That's Those are some of the, the sorts of effort, you know, types of relief that are available to people. Okay, no, that's great. And um, we did get some questions in advance from people that listen to the show. So I definitely, I want to incorporate some of those as we go along. So one of the questions is um, tax deadline is Monday, April yes. the 18th. And um, one listener, uh, Nikki from Georgia, had the question of what if someone falls late 
Um, what are the implications of that? Um, what are the penalties associated with that? What happens if you're not ready to file? What should you do first if you're not ready to file on Monday? And what are some of the possible um, issues associated with that? Okay, well, thank you, um, Angela. You know, it's funny. Um, if, you're, if people are not ready to file, they should at least file an extension because that will give them an automatic extension until October to get their return in. And there are implications for being late. For instance, if they at least get an extension, if they're not ready, they'll still be timely filed if they file by the due date in by the extended due date. And uh, if they don't, you know, if they don't file either an extension or a return by the by the April due date, then basically they'll have a they will end up with a late filing penalty if they still owe tax. So a lot of people think, well, you. I'm not, I don't can't pay yet, so I'm gonna just file late. But if they can just file on time, even if they can't pay currently, mm-hmm. they can avoid they can avoid over 20 percent of penalties on top of the tax debt. Those penalties will I mean, will accrue interest as well. So it really is you know will help people a lot if they can file either an extension or return timely, even if they can't pay currently. And when they, if they can't pay currently, they can apply for an installment plan, right? Oh, there's so many things that people can do if they can't pay currently. They can um, get, you know, first of all, you know, maybe they just need a short extension Mm -hmm. to pay. And if not, you know, there's all sorts of things. For instance, there are various types of installment agreements, depending on the amount of tax and also the person's ability to pay. There's a lot of self-help available. In some instances, people can just go right online and come up with their own installment agreement. Uh, So it just really depends. And then there's certainly there's the Offer and Compromise Program, which is a program that allows the Internal Revenue Service to take a lesser amount for, uh, you know, for the entire liability. That will, you know, the most uh, common sort that people hear about is the, um, you know, inability to pay or doubt as to collectability, um, which is what people think of often when they're thinking about that. But if they qualify financially, that may be appropriate for them. As for some people, it just may be there's a hardship currently, in which case they could become go on like a hard, currently uncollectible or hardship status for hardship status um, situation. And then, you know, they could kind of maybe kind of address it later. So and then for some people down the line, some people eventually maybe bankruptcy is going to be an option uh, for them, depending upon the type of tax and, and other criteria, for instance, the how long it's been out there and so forth. But in other words, people should not be afraid. Like, I, like it's kind of like it's just it's such a mysterious kind of, you know, area where people are just kind of like, I don't want to deal with that. And, and if people can just, you know, address it, for instance, maybe talk to someone who can give them some advice, it can really get demystified, and they can really get these problems uh, behind them or issues behind them. Right, right. And you you raise an interesting point, because the IRS on some level does seem like the Wizard of Oz, right? This wizard that's hidden behind, you know, the curtain, and you, you finally meet them. And it's like, oh, okay, there's the wizard, right? But in, in, in these days, with the pandemic, it's been difficult to get through the to the IRS. Um, the laws are changing in such a way, like I said, it's hard to keep up. But um, just for a couple of seconds more, tell us about how we dis- demystify kind of dealing with the IRS because there's definitely a fear there. And I, you know, I'm for one that walks around and I'm like, you never, ever want to be in trouble with the IRS. Like they could literally ruin your life, it feels like. You know, it's, and and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, people feel that way in a way. I wish that they were um, kind of a more friendly feeling about it because really it's just like, you know, people on the other side too and, and a process as well. And, but I think kind of probably education is probably the place to start. And frankly, the IRS website has a lot of information right there. 
Um, but, you know, there's also, you know, people can talk to their bookkeeper, their accountant about their basic questions. There's so much information out there. I'll try to, you know, during the course of this, if I can think of any place to direct people. But I think I would probably start with the IRS website itself, believe it or not. Okay, good, good advice. Well, this is a great place to bring Shiva into the conversation. Sure. Again, Shiva's a, a consumer rights attorney and um, has a company called Tier One, which helps people with credit repair and um going, you know, protecting themselves against agencies like Experian, TransUnion, and even large lenders like Wells Fargo. So, um, Shiva, give us, uh, LaVon said it's in large part, it's about education. And I know a big part of what you do is kind of helping educate the community around their rights with respect to credit and consumer debt collection. What would you say are some of the, the top things you're talking about and educating folks on um, during this time and where we are? I think there's several things where people really need to seek out the knowledge and be educated. And the biggest one is that when it comes to what appears on your credit reports or your interactions with a debt collection agency, you definitely have rights. We've got some very powerful federal laws, the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, that say that you're entitled to an accurate, complete credit report. Almost nothing negative on your credit report except for bankruptcies can remain on for more than seven to seven and a half years. So even if you had challenges in the past, you will get a second chance. Um, And the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission and other federal agencies, they like to say that around 20 to 30 percent of credit reports have errors. Our experience, having looked at thousands of these, would say the number is more like 80 to 90 percent, if not more. So most credit reports contain some sort of error, often very serious ones, and you have a right to have that corrected. But more than that, I think good credit really is a product of being able to pay your bills on time and not keeping your balances, especially credit cards, too high. So whatever happened in the past just going forward, if you can focus on not taking on more credit than than you feel you can handle and you're able to pay on time and keep those credit card balances low, doing that alone will, over time, offset the impact of any bad credit as well. Right, right. So where does someone like you come into um, come into play? Most people I know, if they have credit issues or repair issues or dealing with debt, it feels like most people just sort of deal with it on their own. Sometimes, you know, sometimes successfully, not sometimes not as successful. Sometimes people feel bullied by the debt collection agencies. Where When does someone call you and what do you do on their behalf? Sure. So anyone who's dealing with credit that is below where they would like it to be, uh, I think is is someone who should reach out. Because the first thing that we look at, Angela, is take a look at the credit report, take a look at their collection notices and all of that, and we see if there's any legal violations, anything that is not in compliance with the law. And if there's any of that, we might actually be able to sue on their behalf uh, in federal or state court and potentially get the error corrected, get the debt collection harassment stopped, and help them recover money. But beyond that, in in most cases, folks don't have something that they can necessarily sue over, but it is something that can be challenged and disputed and fought, and we can find noncompliance. And through that process, you can potentially remove it. And the bulk of our clients are looking to buy a home or refinance, and the credit is what's holding them up, especially now with the rates going up. It's a big issue. Right. And how long does it take to work? Like, let's say you are in the process of trying to buy a home, and you need this corrected right away, right? Um, call you. Is it the kind of thing that you can resolve in 20, 
30 days or does it normally take a much longer time to resolve certain issues? You know, it really depends on the issue. If there's something that's a mistake on a credit report or even something as simple as individual has a high credit card balance and paying that down would help their score. They can always ask for what's called a rapid rescore with the mortgage lender. It's free of charge and get the inaccurate information or the high balance reduced and corrected and that'll get their score up. But if they have, you know, more serious items like multiple credit card charge-offs, auto repossessions, a lot of collections, then it can take longer. But typically when when folks would come to us with those situations, they've been denied for a mortgage, so usually they're kind of on the sideline trying to fix it. But if if there's an emergency, there's definitely fixes as well. Uh, you know, it's it's about knowing your rights and also knowing to ask what to ask the lenders for. And that's what, again, education, like you said, is the key. And quick question. Um, do people pay in advance for your services or is it a contingency type relationship? So they don't pay in advance. They pay based on what we're able to remove from the credit report. So one thing that we found in the credit repair industry that was a source of of a lot of frustration for consumers was you would pay these recurring monthly fees or flat fees regardless of the results that were delivered. And that doesn't seem fair. So we operate on the basis of what's what we're able to remove. And if you have something that's grounds for a lawsuit or for litigation, then you don't pay us anything for that account because the attorney's fees are payable by the credit agencies and by the debt collection companies. So yeah. Folks, this is great information for a spring weekend. This is Angela Redock Wright, and we are talking to tax attorney LaVon Lawson and consumer rights and credit attorney um, Shiva Baskar. So stay tuned. They are sharing great insights and information, very practical, to help you get ready for the tax deadline on Monday if you still need help and to help you beyond that. So stay tuned. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela. You're listening to the all-new Weekend Lineup of enlightening, encouraging, and empowering talk shows. Exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. You're tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock-Wright. And playing is Mary Mary Thankful. And on this weekend where we're celebrating so many religious holidays, we are inspiring you, hopefully, with uh, a little bit of gospel, inspirational gospel music. And today we're also talking about something that's too, super relevant for this weekend. It's kind of ironic that we're celebrating religious holidays and we're celebrating spring, but then taxes are due on Monday. <laughs> so, so it's like we got to take care of business and try to enjoy our family and our friends in the springtime all at the same time. And to help us with this discussion, we have two attorneys, LaVon Lawson of uh, the Lawson Tax Group and also uh, Shiva Baskar, Baskar of Tier 1 Credit and also with the law firm. And they're helping us to dissect some of the high-level issues that are important to you around taxes and credit and consumer rights issues. So we're going to pick up the back up the discussion with Levon Lawson, our tax attorney. Levon, some people have back taxes that they owe. Some people can't pay uh, on this upcoming deadline on Monday for this past year. And um, what what are some of their options? You touched on it a little bit. Let's say if you have back taxes, what are some ways to deal with that? Okay, so first of all, um, if you have also, I'm just going to want to touch on point, and thank you, Angela, for asking this question, that also if you have unfiled returns, let's say people kind of get behind in the years and that it becomes, uh, the years kind of add up. But I also want to point out that there, if you may have refunds in prior periods that if you don't file 
eventually you won't be able to use those refunds. So that's a reason to kind of get those OZRs filed because there are deadlines regarding either, you know, two or three year deadlines from when you pay the tax, depending. But um, regarding like dealing with back taxes, I guess kind of in a really kind of just straight up, if, if you really, if you can't pay, if you, if you can pay something, um, then it's probably a good idea to just, you could go online and set up a payment plan if the amount is not that great. If it's a little bit greater, then maybe you want to get some help. And so, isn't there like a, a, a set amount where yes, you can you're right. you're file absolutely. online versus needing more help? You're what, absolutely what's that right. Amount? So there's like a $10,000, um, which is almost like automatic, a guaranteed agreements. I think they start around the $10,000 level. And then a streamlined agreement starts around the $25,000 level. Um, at, once you get kind of beyond those amounts, then you may have to go into a, what a regular installment agreement. Maybe, I don't know, I think you might have to call in to address that and provide financial information. But, you know, nowadays it, it's the, the amount has to be pretty high before they're even asking for financial information often. So mm-hmm. there are really easy ways to get onto an installment agreement. And if you just can't make a payment, but you're worried about collection activity, then you can provide financial information that shows that that may be a hardship uh, enough, would justify currently uncollectible status currently. So there's just a lot of, of just very straightforward ways to deal with kind of old tax debt eventually. And, you know, eventually, but it's, you know, depending if it's going to time out eventually because there are certain periods over, you know, over which you collect the debt. But um, kind of in the near term, there's plenty of ways. And then I, I also mentioned the offering compromise program. I think a lot of people also they'll worry about liens and levies and collection activity. If you get, if you kind of, if you stay in communication, that's, I think being in communication is a really good idea. If you're getting notices and you're ignoring them, well, you know, eventually, you know, something else may happen. But if you just respond, um, you know, call, you know, respond to the notice and then you've got someone who, you know, will show that you, that you are responding. They, they don't have to up it. They don't have to take any particular you can just activity. You can show that you can do do something voluntary that, or that now's not the time. And also even at, at times, liens can even be addressed at times. And, you know, liens are very important to people because often they get in the way of people doing other things, you know, that are in their hopes and dreams. So there are, there are plenty of opportunities to address these issues if you just respond. Indeed. And LaVon, I have one question. Is there any time that the IRS will just simply write off a back tax debt? Um, well, that's the offering compromise program. Okay. And so that's when you come in. And if, if you can show that over the t- period that they would have available to collect, that they wouldn't be able to collect the entire liability, then they, you know, then what you would do is you come back and you calculate a, what's called a reasonable collection potential. And it's based upon what you call the liquidation value of the assets. And you don't have to liquidate. It's just the term. It's 80, typically 80% of the value of assets, except for cash, which is 100%. And then um, you look at an income stream multiplier which can be like either one year or two years depending upon the type of offer and you kind of put that in the mix and you come and you know you look at that reasonable collection potential and say hey if that's less than the tax due well then that that's a, an offer is appropriate a discussion of an offer is appropriate right. if, if the reasonable collection potential is greater than tax probably not so much and the reasonable collection potential is usually impacted by something like a health issue or oh. loss of job and no potential of really getting back to a job at that same level 
travel, those, what are some instances where usually it will qualify as a hardship? Well, those, okay, so that's a great example because even you're right, even with an offer, they, there are certain special circumstances that could be taken into account as well. There are some people, for instance, like maybe someone is retired or maybe they have health issues, they're not going to be working again ever, things like that. Then those sorts of issues could be raised as, hey, these are also special circumstances that also impact kind of collection potential. Um, with the loss of job, I think that would show up in the numbers, right? Because in other words, you don't have a whole lot happening on the income side. Now, if it looks like, hey, you made a ton here, you're off for a year and you're going to make a ton again, maybe that's a more difficult conversation. But if really kind of the income is sliding and there's not a lot of potential going forward, then there probably an offer is def- certainly in the discussion. Absolutely taking those Excellent. into account. Excellent information, Shiva. So there have been some changes in the debt collection laws. Yes. Give, give us some um, highlights of that. Sure. So in November of last year, the new debt collection rules from the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, those took effect. And one of the biggest changes that we're seeing right now is that collections agencies can now contact you electronically, which means email, text message, as well as social media. And that did happen in some cases before, but now it's explicitly allowed. And one of the issues is obviously people are on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn to interact with colleagues or friends or family and to get, you know, contacted and same thing with their phones and their email. So while the law now allows these collection agencies to contact you electronically or through social media, they can't do it publicly. So they can't go post in your Instagram comments, hey, this is portfolio recovery, you owe us. You know, they can't do that. And it does happen. Um, you know, we're laughing about it, but it does happen. And number two, if you tell them, I don't want you contacting me through this particular means, they have to change. And this is where they get in a lot of trouble because the debt collection agency might email you. And you might say, okay, write to me instead by physical mail, USPS. Or they text you and you say, no, email me or only email me between these times. And this is where they get in trouble. They don't follow those instructions because there's very high employee turnover at those companies. They also use a lot of automated software. And if they make that mistake, you may have grounds to sue them under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. So, Wait, I just want to make sure I understand that. So you have a right to tell a debt collection agency when and what means you want them to use? What if you're like, only contact me between these 30 minutes on any given day? They have to honor that? They do. And if you say either that you don't want them contacting you or that you refuse to pay the debt, they pretty much, with a few small exceptions, have to cease contact. So we have a lot of our customers who are you know, here at Tier 1 who've told a collection agency, hey, I'm not going to pay this debt, I disagree with it, or I'm dealing with financial issues so I will not be paying the debt. And the collection agency keeps calling and writing to them and reaching out, and that's illegal and that's something they get sued on. So you can refuse contact at any time, and you can specify the means of contact as well. Excellent information. Hold that thought. We have to go to come forward uh, in just a few minutes to continue this discussion. But you're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens. We're talking taxes, debt collection and credit, all the things that are important to all of us, especially in these very challenging financial times. So stay tuned and give us a call if you're still listening. 1-800-920-1580. More of Legal Lens with Angela reddick Bright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. 
You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela, yours truly, Angela Redock Wright. And you're listening to the song Bleed the Same by Mendisa with Toby Mack and Kirk Franklin. And on our show today, where we're talking taxes, consumer issues, credit issues, we've also been trying to keep you inspired with our music today. And so, a little gospel inspirational music. Shiva, let's continue the discussion with you. We're talking about consumer debt, um, credit repair issues you were highlighting some of the new debt collection rules so one big takeaway today if you get a message in your instagram or facebook or even maybe linkedin um for our twitter from uh, one of your debt collectors that is not spam let's look look at it and take note that is not spam do not send a message on your facebook saying i've been spammed by ex debt collector so thank you shiva for that information um just quickly can you hit on some of the other things that people should be aware of around medical collection issues and the increase in lawsuits from credit companies sure so One of the big big changes that we've had recently is the three credit reporting agencies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, announced that paid medical collections will, starting in July of this year, no longer appear on credit reports. So if you had a debt, medical debt, placed with a collection agency, it's going to be removed. That'll help folks' scores. Also, starting the first half of next year, Unpaid medical collections under $500 will not be reporting. So that's that's good news. And the third part of that is that usually it used to be that six months after a medical bill went delinquent, it would be turned over to a collector and placed on the credit reports. Now they can turn it over to a collector, but it's one year till it goes on to credit reports. So even if it's a larger medical debt, you'll have more time to resolve it, and that means less less headaches with damage to your credit. But the other challenge that folks are seeing and that we're certainly experiencing with our clients right now is as the COVID-19 pandemic has, we've sort of transitioned uh, And things have reopened. Debt collection lawsuits have resumed, both from big credit card companies, auto companies if it was a repossession, and also debt buyers who buy charged-off credit cards. And throughout the country, we're here in Los Angeles, but all over the nation, there's a lot more lawsuits being filed. So one thing that we recommend is if you get papers at your door or and you have a company like that, especially if it's your credit card company contacting you about a debt that was not paid, do take it seriously because if you don't respond and you don't show up in court, they'll get a judgment automatically. And, you know, LaVon was discussing liens earlier. Liens and judgments are big deal breakers, not just with buying a home or funding a business, but even with employment in a lot of areas. It's it's a big issue. So definitely get it resolved. And if you do have judgments or liens from the past, consider getting them either settled or if they weren't done properly set aside, because we're seeing the, the debt lawsuits come back in, in a big way. The big message we're getting from our guests today is don't ignore the IRS. Don't ignore the credit collectors. When they call, you have rights listen and respond so at least you don't deal with the issue of not responding levon in 30 seconds yeah i just want to chime in real quickly with respect to the issue of federal tax liens and how it impacts some people's employment so people who are in certain industries the lien can get in the way of making a, you know making a living um, work etc and in those instances um they can you bring that attention that to the attention of the irs and and they're aware of that issue and in certain instances if you can reach certain agreements they may be willing to withdraw the lien so um, again, communication is the key. 
Excellent. You are listening to KBLA Top 1580 Legal Lens with Angela. We will be right back to close out this section on taxes, debt, consumer rights issues with attorneys LaVon Lawson and Shiva Baskar. Stay tuned. More of KBLA Talk 1580's all-new weekend lineup when we come forward. And of course, that is the amazing Aretha Franklin with Bridge Over Troubled Water. We are in our last segment of Legal Lens with Angela Redock right on KBLA Talk 1580. And I wish we had more time because we have some great guests and they are sharing some golden nuggets today. So LaVon, our tax attorney today, um, two or three quick rapid fire questions for you from our listeners. Can um, the IRS or can creditors um, tax? garnish your pension or your social security if you're retired okay so the irs can uh, garnish uh you know a, a social levy social on social security up to about 15 percent um but you can um i've noticed that they're pretty quick to remove it you just call in and let them know that it's a problem that you need your funds and so forth so excellent and then a lot of folks during this this covid time and difficult times in general have been helping out family members whether it's be renting to family members or gifting family members what are the tax implications of that can we gift our family members do we have to write off the or claim the the partial rent that a family member may be may or may not be paying you know what angela that is a an excellent question. I wish I could tell you off the bat that I have a definitive answer for you. I mean, as part of me says, hey, you know, obviously you should be able to use your property in the way you want. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that are doing just that. Could um, an issue be raised where, let's say, you, you're charging half rent? Could someone, an issue be raised about whether there's gift implications? Uh, possibly. I don't have the answer off the top of my head, but I think that one should just ask their accountant because it's an excellent question. Also, there was a gift tax exclu- exclusion every year. So that could also, one should take that into account and considering it as well. And I know one topic that was is dear to your heart about expenses and writing off expenses for those of those of us who've been working from home this last two and a half years right so you know if someone has schedule c you'd be aware of there's a home office um, exclusion or you know expenses for a home office um, if one qualifies Um, so one could uh, consider that and um, but for those people that are that are say expenses but they're working as employees for elsewhere um, right now, currently, until through 2025, there's certain um, ex- employee expenses are not being taken on the Schedule A. Um, but I, I imagine that there, I can't say that there wouldn't be relief because of COVID. I hate to say it again, but excellent question. Talk to Richard Rivera. Excellent. And we're going to have to bring you back to continue that discussion. How do people get in touch with you, LaVon? Oh, sure. Um, they can reach me. They can check out uh, LawsonTax.com and they can find my information there. And what about you, Shiva, our consumer rights attorney? Sure. Folks can reach us at tier1credit.com, T-I-E-R-O-N-E, credit.com. And just in closing, wanted to thank you for having us. And having been through the journey myself, I can say no matter where you're starting with your credit, there's always a way forward if you're willing to educate and willing to give yourself the space to really make it happen. Indeed. And you both have given us some great insights today. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you back. So you've been listening to KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela. Um, Please join us next Saturday. We're celebrating Earth Day with two top conservation attorneys and policymakers, Effie Turnbull and Shona Ganguly from the League of Conservation. 
conservation voters. Next up is Urban Wellness Now with Cynthia Brooks. She always has amazing guests and topics, so I'm looking forward to it. And as I said earlier, this week we celebrated the birthday of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I'm going to leave you with words from him. I tried to do the right thing at the right time. They may be just the little things, but usually they make the difference between winning and losing. Do the right things, folks, and have a great Easter weekend, whether you're celebrating Easter, Ramadan, Passover. Have an amazing weekend, and we look forward to you tuning in next week. This has been Legal Lens with Angela Redock-Wright.